Tonight is anniversary night. The format of tonight's meeting will be a main speaker who will speak for 25 minutes, followed by our information break and the anniversary celebrants. Our main speaker tonight is Roy Kay. Uh, hi, my name is Roy. I'm an alcoholic. I totally forgot that it was anniversary night and I thought I was going to have like 20 or 30 minutes, but there we go. That's I guess that's how it works. Um, so I'd like to thank Deborah for asking me to speak. Um, it's such an honor, such a privilege. Um, and thank you to everybody else doing service on this meeting. Um, Deborah actually called me about three weeks ago. Um, I was sitting on my couch and I was sitting next to my wife and my three-year-old daughter. We were watching the D Disney Channel. So I was really just doing nothing, chilling, chilling out on a weekend. And so Deborah calls me, I'm looking at my phone and um, my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's Deborah. I think she pocket dialed me. And my wife's like, pick up the phone. And uh, so I picked up the phone and Deborah asks me to speak. And, you know, I'm like blown away. But, um, you know, that's, I just wanted to say that because just, <laughs> it's just an example of my fear, right? My alcoholism. Um, you know, my first initial gut reaction is usually not the right one. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I, I usually make the right decisions. And um, I could have I missed out on this opportunity if I didn't pick up that phone. Um, and I have so many examples like that. But, um, but yeah, this is um, such an honor. Um, I'll just start off with the stats. My sobriety date is January 23rd of 2008. Uh, my, my sponsor's name is Vince V. The Atlantic Group is home, and I'm working 9th through 12th. And um, I just celebrated 13 years last month. And it's, it's, so, it's so amazing. Um, you know, being the main speaker at the Atlantic, Atlantic Group tonight, it feels it's like my bar mitzvah, I guess. And let me tell you, like, when, when I had my bar mitzvah at 13, I definitely could have had a drink right there and then because I didn't start drinking until I was 15, but I remember that that time. And like, I was just in my head and so self-centered and thinking about what other people were thinking and where people were gonna sit and who was gonna come and what, you know, what, what was gonna happen. It was just insane. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Um, and I think what that means for me is that, you know, I suffer from the mental right obsession and the physical allergy i don't know if i'm going to have one two or ten or twenty and you know if i say i'm not going to drink again i'll probably drink again and so that's that's essentially my problem but um you know it turned out to be a gift right like god is like a bad gift wrapper and, and it turns out that this was like a, a wonderful thing that happened to me but um but yeah i'm an alcoholic i i grew up on Long Island um, in Huntington and Dix Hills. And it was uh, me and my sister and my father and my mother. And my father was working down on Wall Street. And, you know, he would get home at like seven or eight o'clock every night. And the first thing he would do is go straight to the bar. And he would set himself up with like a, a like a scotch on the rocks. And he used to drink Cuddy Sark. And that was his drink. And I just remember like that bottle. It was so majestic, right? Like with the sailboat. And I just saw the, the sense of ease and comfort that came with, with taking that first drink. I thought that there was something amazing happening there. And, um, and you know, it, it's, um, 
you know, my father, you know, I, I, I'll get into it a little bit later. He, he ended up, you know, that, that, I guess that picked up for him a little bit, but, um, you know, for me as, as a child, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't start drinking until I was 15, but, you know, other than that, I had a great childhood. You know, I, I, I got everything, you know, that a child should get. And, um, you know, I went to good schools and, um, you know, it wasn't until I got into like junior high school where I was just like, started to be like a lot, right? Like who was hanging out with the cool crowd and, and what everybody was doing. And, um, it was just, it was just a lot for me. And then when my parents came to me when I was 13 and they, they said that we were going to move and they said that we were going to move to South America, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I don't know if that's a normal reaction because I think most people wouldn't want to be uprooted like that and, and just leave their environment to go to like a third world country. But that's what we did. And I, that's what I wanted to, uh, to do. I was so glad to be just getting out of that current situation that I was in and, and leaving to go to another one. Um, so we, we did that. We ended up picking up and we, we moved down to South America to Guayaquil and Ecuador and my mother's Ecuadorian. And that's why we, we moved down there. But turns out, that, um, you know, they serve alcohol to minors there. They serve, you don't need like an ID. They don't check IDs. Um, you know, you can go to the liquor store and get uh, pretty much everything you need. You can go to the bar and get served. And when I was 15, um, I went out with a couple of my buddies from school. We got a bottle of whiskey. We drank the whole thing. Um, you know, I that, and that's what we did from that point forward. Um, you know, I felt like at ease, I felt relaxed. Um, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do like all the time. And so we started doing that on weekends and that was like Fridays and Saturdays. And then, you know, that quickly became like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, um, you know, there weren't too many problems I would have to say for myself in high school. Um, to be honest with you, if I would, if I could do all of that over again, I would, because it was just so much fun. It was so much fun drinking and smoking cigarettes and going to parties. There weren't too many consequences at that time for me. And so I was in love, I was in love, right? And, and so, you know, I, after um, I graduated from high school, I moved back to the United States to go to college. Um, I was in New York City living with my grandmother because my parents were still down in South America. I was going to like uh, Baruch College. I went to Pace University for a little bit. Um, you know, I was doing like odds and ends. I was working at the airport. I always worked, right? Like I always had like these jobs. Like at the, I was at the airport, I was catering. Um, I did like, uh, was cold calling down on Wall Street. Um, it was, I did just like a, whatever I could do to get money and um, not have too much responsibility, right? And that's kind of like, you know, where I kind of lent, lent, lent myself to. And, and so, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, college was, was, was good. I ended up, my, my parents had an idea that I should go away for school, right? Like I was in the city, things weren't like great for me. Like my grades weren't that great. My parents wanted me to go to away to school and they, they, um, had me apply to a school in Rhode Island. Um, and I went, I ended up getting accepted and I went there and it was like the greatest thing ever. Right. Because now I could drink how I wanted. I was away from home. I was on my own. 
I could drink every day of the week. And that's what I did. Every day of the week I would drink. Um, I was not going to school. I was not going to classes. Um, wasn't showing up for life, but you know, other than like showing up for drinking with my buddies, but, and, uh, my, my, my grades started to suffer. They ended up, um, telling me that I had to leave the school. Um, I was, you know, really upset. Um, I remember calling my sister at the time. She was like, like, is there anything they can do? Like, can they let you back in? Like if you, you know, promise to do well or something like that. And I, I made that phone call to the school and they said, Hey, if you come back for like a summer semester and you do okay, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And I did that. I went back for a summer semester. Um, you know, I, I was always able to apply myself if needed. Um, it was just that, um, you know, I couldn't take on too much responsibility and, you know, that was, that was like a lot of my problem, right? Like I didn't want to take on responsibility. I didn't want to be accountable for much. Um, you know, it was, it was tough just, uh, just being like, uh, a responsible young adult. Um, so, you know, I ended up graduating with a 2.1 GPA, um, barely got by, by the skin of my teeth. I, I, you know, got my degree, got out of there. Um, I ended up like getting a nice job at a, at a bank and, um, you know, it was a good job at a good company. Um, but the thing was that like, I couldn't, I couldn't show up. Like I was, I was drinking. Right. And, and, and so because of my drinking, I couldn't show up for, for work. Like I would miss, I would miss work a lot. Like I would call in sick all the time. I remember even making up an excuse once that like my sister's car broke down or like an uncle died. It was either like an uncle or an aunt, but like I used those excuses at work that none of that was true, but that's like, that's like how I was living my life. Like it was just lies. I was sleeping at my desk at work. I was sleeping in the bathroom. I was, um, it was a complete disaster. The job ended up telling me or giving me, um, an option to leave. They were like, um, saying, you know, Hey, this isn't working out. You know, we'll, you know, if we give you like a severance package, you know, would you, um, 15 minutes remaining. Thank you. Um, you know, if we give you a severance package, you know, would you be interested in that? And I was like, hell yeah. Right. They were going to pay me to do nothing. And fine. Again, I can drink the way I wanted to. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I, and around this time I was, uh, you know, I was taking advantage of like banks, like credit cards. I was just getting credit cards and charging them up. Um, I built up a lot of debt. I used to like go to the bank and like deposit fake checks, right? Because I had like one of those accounts where like if you've made a deposit, like they would like credit like a hundred or $200 to your account immediately. And I, that's what I would do. I would put like nothing in the envelope and just, just to get that cash right there and then. And, um, you know, it, it, my life was completely unmanageable, right? And, um, you know, so, you know, I didn't have this job anymore, although they were still paying me um, I was living at home at this time. I was um, sleeping on my parents' couch, actually, in Forest Hills. And, you know, my parents, you know, they saw what was going on with me. And they were like, you know, you either need to leave or you need to go to, you know, like treatment center. And so that's what I did. I ended up going to a treatment center, a 90-day, not a 90, a 30-day uh, program in uh, in uh, Minnesota. Um, went there, met a lot of people who had similar um 
you know, issues with drinking and, and whatnot and drugging. And, and, uh, you know, I stayed sober for that period of time. Um, met some really cool people and made some, you know, good connections over there. But, you know, I just, I just couldn't stay sober. When I came back to New York, uh, I couldn't stay sober. I didn't know how to stay sober. I didn't have those tools. Um, I still didn't even know what Alcoholics Anonymous was. Um, I, um, I was also like in a relationship at the time and that had ended this, this girl who I was seeing, um, you know, she had suggested that, you know, I get some help. She, she had suggested that I was an alcoholic, that maybe I should get some help. I thought that was crazy. Um, you know, I thought alcoholics lived under a bridge. I thought that, um, you know, there was, you know, that that's just insane, but I did agree to like seeing like a therapist and, so I, I was doing that and I was seeing a therapist who also suggested that I, that I see, you know, maybe go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, again, I, I didn't think that was for me and I wasn't going to do that. Um, but what he did, what I did agree to was going to an outpatient center. And um, so I did that. I went, I went to the Realization Center in, in Union Square um, where I was going to group. Um, you know, I saw people start putting up their hands and count, you know, saying how many, their, what their day count was. Um, that was all new to me. I didn't know people were really like counting days. Um, but, uh, you know, I met a guy who, um, was an alcoholic who was, you know, connected to Alcoholics Anonymous. And he had told me that I should go to AA again, I'm not going to AA. It's not going to happen. Um, he was like, well, you know, I, I have to tell you that there are really pretty girls at Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, so that, that's how he hooked me. That's how he got me to go to AA and more specifically AG Tuesday night. Um, Tuesday night AG was, um, the first, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that I had ever went to or gone to. Um, and I was blown away. I saw people reading in the corner. I saw, you know, people were coming up to me, um, giving me their phone numbers. They were saying hi. I had a guy come and buy me the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, you know, nobody had ever really done anything for me unless like I was doing something for them prior to that. So that was all foreign to me. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe um, like the smiles on people's faces um, because that's not how I was feeling on the inside. Uh, I was pretty broken. And, and, you know, they were talking about God. There was the speaker was, um, talking about, you know, a spiritual experience and, and, and all that stuff. And I knew that that's, that's what I needed. And, you know, I heard people saying things like keep coming back and, you know, like if you're new, you know, keep, keep coming back. I, I didn't want to come back. I didn't, um, you know, I wasn't really, um, didn't know really what was going on for the most part. Um, I, I saw people who had like years. I saw people who had, who had like eight months. I thought that was all the time in the world at the time, but you know, I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that people were staying sober as a lifestyle, like for real. Um, and, uh, but you know, I heard, I, re I heard that. I remember people said to, to keep coming back. And so I did. And, and, um, you know, it took me like six months. It took me like a while to get, to get this, you know, I was, I was coming to meetings. I was putting up my hand. I was saying that, you know, what my day count was, but 
when I went home, I was like literally alone. I wasn't like plugged in. I wasn't like doing the the service commitments. I wasn't calling a sponsor regularly. I wasn't um, doing fellowship, right? Going to the diner after the meetings or wherever. And um, like, that was a key component for me. Like if I wasn't, if I didn't, when I wasn't doing that stuff, I wasn't really connecting and just going to meetings alone in itself wasn't enough. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting a sponsor. Um, I ended up, you know, we starting to do the steps. Um, you know, I had surrendered to alcohol. I was done with that, but you know, what happened for me was, you know, I was still, um, living a life run on self-will and I was pretty much, you know, you can do the steps and I'm an example of that and, and still, um, you know, be running on, on self-will run riot. And, and so that's, that was my experience. And with two years in the program, um, you know, I pretty much wanted to kill myself. Um, and, and so, geez, I, you know, I had two years and, and, and I, you know, called up my sister and, and, you know, she was like, you know, what, what, why don't you give it one more shot? You know? Um, and, and, and so I did, I, um, I gave it another shot. Um, I did end up getting a new sponsor. Um, you know, I remember calling my sponsor at the time and saying, you know, that, you know, I wanted to kill myself and, you know, can you take, I need you to take me to God and, and whatnot. And he was like, you know, well, we're just, we're just going to take you to the steps. And, and so I did that. But the thing, the thing that was different for me then was that, you know, I was done. I was done. I was, I had surrendered to my, to myself. Well, I knew that whatever I was doing to, to keep making myself happy wasn't working, whether that be the girls or the credit cards or the shopping or whatever, going to concerts, you know, like none of that was working. And so I needed to like do something new. And I was on board, I was on board. And, and, you know, I started like doing some things that, that were, that was, that were helpful for me. Like I stopped pulling the rooms. Like, for example, I would just go to my sponsor for everything. Cause I used to do that. I would call, talk to everybody about everything until I got the answer that I was looking for. It wasn't working for me. Um, and, 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 you know, I used to call up my sponsor and say, you know, I, I I'm depressed. I have anxiety. And he would tell me, I don't know what you're talking about. And, um, and he would say, I would say, I'm depressed. I, I'm, I, I'm anxious. And he would say, you either have a, like, you either have a resentment or a fear and which, which is it? And, you know, that, that was a, a real game changer for me because it got me to start thinking about, um, what the underlying conditions and what was, you know, driving me to feel the way I was feeling. And I, that was an, that was an icebreaker, a breaking moment for me because I didn't know that there were underlying con conditions to, that were, you know, um, essentially running my life. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I started working through the steps. Um, you know, I, I essentially, you know, uh, started doing all those service commitments, going to the diners, calling people, um, people were calling me, um, I, you know, I got connected with like a crew and, you know, we all stayed sober together and went, you know, did social activities together and, you know, I was finally able to like get a social, a, a, like a sober job. And, um, you know, and I did like, I was walking dogs in early sobriety and I was, um, I went back to catering and, um, 
you know, I, I got these service commitments at the Atlantic Group that taught me about responsibility. It taught me about accountability. I didn't have those skill sets. Um, yeah, I was like the um, the expediter for the Saturday meeting. They gave me the key to the church. I was like, really? <laughs> wow. Um, and, uh, it, you know, these, these like, so I started to like, you know, wake up, you know, and I was starting to look for a real job and I, no, nothing was happening for me. And I remember calling up my sponsor or talking to my sponsor and he was like, he was like, you know, do you have an alarm clock? Do you have, do you have batteries on that alarm clock? Like, are your clothes clean? Like, do you have, did you take like your stuff to the dry cleaner? Like, like, okay, fine. I did that stuff. I took like my shirts to the dry cleaner. I, I, I bought an alarm clock with a battery. And then like out of the blue, I got a call for an interview. Um, it's just crazy how, like, when we take the suggestions, like, you know, things just start to, to happen, right? Like I start to have all of these, these moments. Um, and, um, you know, I got, I ended up getting that job and, and that was 20, 2011, I think. And I've been working now for 10 years straight uninterrupted, um, at this point, which is unbelievable because, uh, you know, I, I, again, I was let go from my job. I had declared bankruptcy in 2005. Um, you know, I, I couldn't like show up for life really. And, and like, you know, it's amazing. Like today, um, five minutes remaining. Okay. Thank you. You know, today it's, uh, I'm a manager at a, at a fortune top 100 company to work for. Um, and I got there only because of like doing these service and service commitments in AA, you know, like I've learned how to be accountable. Um, I, you know, it's, um, it's unbelievable. I have, uh, I have like more than a million dollars in life insurance. Right. And the only reason I say that is because like, I have the ability to plan today. Um, like I didn't have that capability before at all, at all. I would blow all of my money in one night and figure it out the next day. Um, but I recently had some kids and, and I, and I also have a wife who I met in these rooms more specifically here at AG. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be together today if it wasn't for, you know, working through the steps, um, and, and just, you know, um, getting, getting right with God and, and, and working through resentments and fears and, and, um, having something to offer because I had nothing, nothing to offer except, uh, to suck the life out of you really. Um, but, you know, today I can show up for my family. Um, you know, I ended up doing those resentments with my parents and, and my sister and, you know, all those people who, who really matter to me the most. I'm really like a, a big family guy. And, and, you know, my life is great. I'm super happy. You know, and I'm not saying that it's all, always like that. It's definitely not. There are times when like, you know, I struggle, but like, I do have enough experience now to know that like things are going to be okay. And also, that usually, you know, when my mind tells me like that initial uh, gut reaction is always like the, the, the bad one or like a negative one, I usually end up making, you know, the right decision. You know, like my wife will always set up like a double date, like for example, with like another couple. And like my initial reaction is like, no, <laughs> like I don't want to do that. But we end up going out and I have a blast and it's so much fun. It's just, but it's just so funny how my how my mind works like that. Um, and geez, I mean, it's just been uh, such a great experience. Um, just 
you know, in AA and, and, uh, you know, I have these two beautiful children. Um, my son is five and my daughter's three and, um, they're really like the apples of my eye. I, I just look at them and, um, you know, it, it really gives me an appreciation for like, I guess how, you know, my parents raised us as well and, and, and seeing like how hard it is to, to, to raise kids. And, um, and so that's, that's also eye-opening, um, you know, and I, it's just, uh, I have one minute remaining, but I just wanted to say for the newcomers, um, you know, you're, you're, you're in the right spot. Um, this is, this is the best deal in town. You know, I know Peggy always likes to say you won the lottery and you really did. And I did. And so thank you.